This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Today's episode, I want to share with you an article from Karen Young, and this is a fabulous, it was a fabulous post and it was entitled 15 Things Kids or Teens Say That Could Mean I'm Anxious. So you'll want to pay attention to this even if you don't have children because this is going to sound very familiar. And I think this is important because I get a lot of mail and I've actually had a, a number of calls from parents moms and dads who are trying to help their children. And when I say children, I mean everything from middle school through young adulthood. Now, I haven't had anyone call on younger children, but Karen's article here does address all, you know, younger kids also. So I know from, you know, raising children that I have heard these things too. And so It's really important for us to, number one, before we get into helping our children, we want to make sure that we have been taking care of ourselves because we cannot do for them when we have not taken care of ourselves. And this means, just as corny as it sounds, it is you putting on your oxygen mask first. Then you have the resources to help everyone around you. Our immediate reaction, if we are anxious ourselves, is to go out of our own bodies, into our own minds, mostly into the future, worrying and ruminating and trying to take care of things. But if we have someone around us who is anxious, and if you are anxious yourself, it is very likely you have other anxious people around you, you want to make sure that first you have taken care of yourself and then you can help them. So let's get into some of the things that kids or teens say that could mean I'm anxious. See if this also rings a bell for you. The first one is I feel sick, like I'm going to vomit. Karen goes on to say, during anxiety, anything that isn't absolutely essential for survival slows down to conserve energy for fight or flight. 
Blood flow is directed from the abdominal organs to the brain and the digestion slows and it can feel like butterflies or nausea. Now we talk about that here a lot. We know that these things shut down, but what we want to remember is for those around us, especially little ones, this could be their primary symptom. That sick feeling, that feeling that they're going to vomit, that they just have butterflies in their belly. Another one related to the same area, our gut, is the child may say, I'm not hungry, because our digestion shuts down to conserve energy, yet again for our fight or flight, and the need to eat gets shut down along with it. This is only temporary and will switch on again when the anxiety eases. Number three, my tummy hurts. Anxiety can hit tummies hard. With any pain, it's always important to make sure there's nothing else driving the symptoms. When abdominal pain doesn't have any other physical explanation, it's possible that anxiety could be the culprit. So I'm glad that Karen included that one. It's very common. The gut is just the place that the tummy pain can be happening in a child and they cannot explain it well. Again, we want to go and have this medically checked out with our child to make sure that there isn't any physical cause for their tummy complaint. Number four, Karen goes on to say, when the child says, I don't want to go to school. Well, anxiety doesn't always seem rational, but that's because it comes from a part of the brain that runs on instinct. During fight or flight, the thinking rational part of the brain shuts down enough so as to not interrupt the fight or flight response. If the brain thinks survival is on the line, it doesn't want to take too much time thinking about what other options are. It just wants to get you safe. We talk about this here all the time, the drive, the need to get to safety. And this is why school refusal can happen, even when there seems to be no other issue with the school, friends, or teachers. When anxiety switches on, nothing else will matter. And all your child will be aware of is that school feels like a big dose of trouble. Now, I'm hoping that some of you are seeing beyond this being what happens to children, but what happens to us. Maybe you are experiencing this with your workplace. Number five, anything angry. The flight part of anxiety shows itself as avoidance, but there is also the fight part, which can show itself as anger or a tantrum. During anxiety, the surging of fight-or-flight neurochemicals and hormones energizes the body for fight-or-flight. Sometimes that energy comes out as anger. So remember this, not only with your kids again or those young ones around you, but with yourself. It is very possible that your anger is a response to your anxiety, fight, or flight. Number six, the child might say, I feel really sad and I don't know why. Or they may have tears, lots of tears. 
Again, the same part of the brain that is in charge of anxiety, the amygdala, also controls these big emotions. When anxiety is high, sadness can be too. It isn't necessarily a sign that something sad has happened. During anxiety, tears are a sign of the brain on high alert. Have you tried one skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 Face Moisturizer and OS1 Eye Cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Number seven, but what if, what if, what if? I know this one is familiar to you guys. Anxiety is the sign of a brain that is being hauled into the future. The what-ifs are an attempt by an anxious brain to stay safe by turning as many unknowns into knowns as it can. So we are asking what if because we cannot handle the uncertainty. Anxiety wants to know the answers. Number eight. I need to pee again. The fight or flight neurochemicals and hormones can cause the need to pee. We know it happens with adults too, but it's not clear why. One theory is that during anxiety, the central nervous system is geared to be more sensitive. So it takes less to activate the emptying of the bladder. So again, this is happening with children very easily, but it may be happening with you as an anxious adult also. And number nine, I can't sleep. Karen says an anxious brain can get busy at any time, but its favorite time to play is when there isn't much else going on at bedtime and there's nothing else to distract from anxious thoughts. So again, this is a beautiful place that you as an adult may want to be using your meditation that we talk about, but with your children too. I know this medita- meditation in my family worked wonders with the children. Number 10, the child may say, my legs hurt, my arms hurt. Karen says during anxiety, fuel is sent to the muscles so they can fight or flee. This can make arms and legs feel tight, wobbly, or achy. 
explain how anxiety can cause this so they can understand that the pain is not a sign of a bigger problem. I want you to remember this for yourself also, because we need to remind ourselves over and over again that that feeling, that sensation, that pain is not the sign of something big. We can keep going and we don't need to give it any more attention. Number 11, but I don't want to sit still. Karen says anxiety feels flighty and the flight or fight neurochemicals that surge the body during anxiety are there to get the body ready for action. When there is no need to fight or flee, there is nothing to burn off. And those hormones that are driving your child to wiggle and squirm. When this happens, encourage your child to move, walk, run, on the spot, go up and down the stairs. Let them know this will help them be the boss of their own brain, which will help them be the boss of their restless body. When the neurochemicals start to disappear, so will the wriggles. And this is important for adults too, because we know if you are ramped up and you need to get rid of those chemicals, they can feel like you just you you want to get out of your own body and just zoom. I remember when I was a draftsman having anxiety, standing at that board, wanting to run out of the building. I remember thinking if I could just run around the block. Of course, I had no idea what was happening to me or why I had those feelings, but I had that exact thought. I remember it so clearly, standing at that drafting board, I wish I could just run around the block. Like I knew intuitively that that would make me feel better. Now you've got to know with children, if they're wriggling and squirming, there isn't anything wrong with them. They may have their anxiety hormones pumped up and they need to burn that off. Number 13, the child may say, I want to stay with you. Karen says there is nothing wrong with your kiddos wanting to stay close but it becomes a problem when it starts causing problems. Separation anxiety is driven by a fear that something might happen to you while you are away from them. And again, this happens with us as adults also. I talked in an earlier podcast about having that safe person and having that become a a crutch. So just know that if someone is saying that to you, it may be their anxiety speaking. Number 14, the child may say, I'm tired. Karen says, anxiety can keep kids awake at night with intrusive thoughts, and the physiology of anxiety can be exhausting. Putting themselves out there when everything in them is telling them to retreat is very tiring and very brave. Mindfulness will help strengthen them against anxiety and the physical consequences that come with it. Mindfulness lowers activity in the amygdala, and increases activity in the prefrontal cortex. That's important for you adults too. And number 15, the child may say, nobody wants to play with me. Karen says here this might be a sign of an issue in the playground, but can also be a sign of the anxious child who is holding back. Kids with anxiety will often hold back from including themselves in the playground, at least until they feel safe with a group, when it isn't clear whether or not they'll be accepted. 
anxious kids will be more likely to wait until they're asked because any threat of being misunderstood or rejected will feel too big. Now, see how much of this rings true for everyone with anxiety, not just the children. And finally, Karen closes out by saying that children and teens will always know when something isn't right inside them, but it can be hard to find the words. And so I want to say to you, my dear listeners, that it isn't just the children that find it difficult to find the words. Adults have trouble with this too. I want you to hear these and see if these are playing out in your life and just know, hmm, that's my anxiety. And the way out of all of it is to be able to find our peace and calm once again because it's in there, and we can get there, but we need to do the practices, and we need to be consistent. So keep coming back. And now for today's quote. If one going down into a river, swollen and swiftly flowing, is carried away by the current, how can one help others to cross? And that's from Sutta Nipata. Translated by John D. Ireland. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at the anxietycoachespodcast.com.